Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Drop the Mic. I am your host, Darren Jenkins, and on today I have uh, writer-director Theo Maima Samga. Did I pronounce that correctly? Maima Samga, yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you prefer to go by? What's your preferred um, pronunciation? Like, because I've seen it shortened a couple places, and yeah, I would say that. So my name, Maima Samga, is just one name, and uh, I don't have a middle name. I was born in uh, in Europe. Hmm. When I moved to America. I went with Theo Mai because already my first name was out to pronounce. A lot of people were calling me Theo, Theo, and so I went with Theo Mai. But I would like people who call me Theo Mai Masamga. That's the the name. That's your name. Yeah. You that people should use it. I mean, that's yeah. you're right. People have to learn how you know. You have to learn how to pronounce people's names because you know. Come on, your mom, your mom, your parents gave you a name for a reason. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um so you know i was reading up on i'm reading a little bit about you and then i know you're you know you're originally from france yeah um so you know where like when did your when did you begin kind of starting to think about being in film like what was your like was it high school um or college or yeah, that was um, high school. Like, so I was born in Paris, but I grew up uh, with my grandparents in the south of France okay. in a city next Marseille. So it's like uh, it's called uh, in Provence. The, the name of the town is Aix-en-Provence. That's where I was born and, and raised. Sorry, and um, I went to high school. And in the high school, basically, when I was for us, it's not exactly the same age frames as you guys. I think I went to high school. My first year was thirteen. I was thirteen years old, fourteen, and. Um, they had a film option. So basically, I could go through high school and have five hours of film school a week. Wow. So I had my first year, and that was amazing. Like, my my mom at the time was living in Cannes, so I was my grandparents' next. But, um, and the school was taking us to the Cannes Film Festival at the end of the year. So that was the big reward for, like, going a year in school. And uh, I, uh, I was, like, already loving uh, movies because I grew up as a single child so you know i was just like hmm. making stories myself watching films and um and yeah that's how i started really like to make film and then like from those five hours basically i was spending 10 hours in the movie theater as much as i could basically to learn the how to edit make films and that's how it, it started wow. yeah so uh like so what like what what, what movies what what people were you like most intrigued by at that point in time um like what was what was cinema in 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 france at the time who was who was being played that's interesting because it was like for me always been like um dual between the european filmmakers and the american filmmakers i would say european and international filmmakers so i really got a lot of like love for cinema watching the new wave, French new wave, the neo-realism in Italy. So like we, I was watching when I was that age, like Fellini, Aiden Alf was there, La Strada, um, a lot of movies from Truffaut, Godard, um, like Breathless, Abu de Souf in French was like very popular still mm. in those years. Um, Truffaut I watched because he reminded me a lot of like my life so when he had the 400 blows and all those movies with Dwayne that's kind of like how I saw like my life growing up so that was like he felt really close to home uh, we also were exposed to a lot of international cinema in film school uh, for example I remember the first year we had to do a, a memoir on uh, Wonka Wai that was my first year of film school oh, was, that was like intense i love them like i we didn't know anything about it but like they went through and like show us all the movies that were available at the time that was very very interesting and at the same time we were for me personally being in the south of france near marseille which is a city where you know there's like it's a port city it's like close like a lot of italian there a lot of like what they call mafia whatever whatever so people love 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 martin scorsese and quentin tarantino like oh, wow those two guys were like they are legend over there. So when you think about American, it's like them. So Goodfellas was playing all the time, Casino, 
Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs. So that's really how I grew up with like watching. I probably watched Godfellas 150 times, and it's a three-hour movie. But like honestly, it's like it was everywhere. People love that, and it's all they could talk about. Yeah, mm. that's funny because I, I, I mean, you know, uh, well, first Wonka Car Why is the this is the second podcast in a row that someone has mentioned him on on the show they like so i i you know i remember getting into him back in probably the early 2000s or so yeah and um i think in the move for love was probably the first one i i what i saw and it, it, it you know i it was because i was starting to get into all these international filmmakers and just just to see what they were doing and and i had like this real passion for um i don't know like these these romantic but tragic and dark stories you know and uh, I don't know, maybe because i was single at the time i don't know um but um and i remember the colors all the colors and the vibrancy of the of the actual cinematography in the film was just so in the music, yes, yeah, yeah, it's just amazing. That's funny you say that because for me, it's like for a lot of people, but Wong Kawai is the romanticism, it's just everything you can like think about romanticism, and that's the same time, those kind of impossible love, you know, it's like yeah. you always go tragic at some point, and they make it more complicated than it should be. But it's uh, I think that's it's funny because. I was with some friends last week and they're like friends from like the industry and I started talking about one car and they had no idea what I was talking about and I got so pissed. Wow. And literally I was like, why? Like you know, they're actors. So that's like different kind of thing. But I was like, guys, you really need to figure out like the craft if you want to one car is probably top five ever. If yeah. You think it. Yeah. Yeah. And like I feel like he's essential watching i mean you know everyone keeps you know you, you hear about you know the, to me like the essential directors most of the which are the ones that you mentioned yourself um including you know obviously score i think american indie uh indie filmmakers like scorsese and and um is kind of like their and Tarantino are, are kind of their their Mount Everest, you know. Like these are the guys, I, and I, I guess maybe it's because and probably Robert uh, Robert, Robert Rodriguez um, because of when he came came along and uh, how how he became a filmmaker, you know his, you know. But I feel like you know if you're going to be in a filmmaker or an actor. You owe it to yourself to be as the, to learn as much as you can about all the different types of cinema, different eras, different directors, international and and American, because um, there's a lot of great, just I mean, so great work. One of my favorite, um, like I'm not a big horror fan person, but one of my favorite. Um, films is audition not because it's so scary because it is scary but just yeah. because of the art of the actual the cinematography and the direction and i think you know i take pieces from all these different places and and, and you never know how you're going to be able to use them in things that you're doing i um i if you're um you know were you directing and producing back then or was it just like what was the first what was your first project that you actually worked on um when i was 14 i did a movie called lost in reality which mm -hmm. i uh co-wrote co-directed and co-produced so it was like basically two of us we did everything together mm -hmm. that was the the first of all the projects. That was funny because it was already a title in English. Go figure why. I didn't speak any English at the time, but the title <laughs> of the movie was in English. <laughs> I have no idea why. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was the first thing. But like, like what you just said made me think about something that is like very important is that uh, we have 
an industry like the movie industry is like 100 years old you know and like we have we are so lucky that we can study the craft and i'm going to turn off the phone we can study the craft of you know we are like we have everything here available for us to study it mm. and it's very important i think to like and all the resources online i mean you have like now how many plus streaming platforms do we have available i mean like youtube you can study writing you can study editing you can study lighting like everything and, I, and it's very important i would for, for me personally it's like important because you want to be able to communicate with everyone on, on set right. and i think like if you work in this business it's because you love the craft of movie making is not for any other reason so that's like what uh it's very important to to learn from what is mm. available and i wish i wish i wish when i was in high school they had all these resources that they have now for filmmakers you know to be able to just go online and like watch a film versus having to track it down at a blockbuster or or something yeah, um, yeah. yeah no for sure uh when so it, i noticed that um they're like you're not in front of the camera a lot is that a is that a conscious choice or um or is it, it never been like it's not really that big of an interest for you so i study acting um i did theater when i was a kid mm -hmm. and i studied acting for a year in, uh, in new york for the only reason that i wanted to be closer to the actors that i direct right but i never really feel the need felt the need to be on camera. Mm. Uh, I really like being behind the camera, to be honest. I love like writing, I love directing and making the story. And I think that is um, that yeah, I never like, you know, like, there's still time in, in the in my career going, but it's true that I never felt that need to mm. be on camera at all. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. were, were your were your were your parents in the industry? Or were they completely different? Than, than what you know uh, no totally different you know i mean the funny thing is so in france when you are like i'm like an alien for them you know working in that industry but like i was i was growing up with my grandparents and uh she was a teacher and he was uh it was retired already at, at the time so i didn't really mm. have any and my, my mom was like more in the restaurant business mm. and uh, so that was more where the way i grew up yeah yeah i'm i'm with you on that i i spent I grew up like I would say 50% of the time with my grandmother and I yeah. my even though I have like siblings they're such they're much older than me so I was pretty much by myself a lot so I was like you I I I used to um create these um I would get a box and cut a hole in it and then I would draw different scenes on pieces of paper and I would tape them together and put them on pins as spools <laughs> and that would be a that was my my show, you know. It was my movie show, and uh, <laughs> you never, you never. I always look, think back at them, like, man. I mean, at the at that point, you're a nerd, but it, it, it went somewhere. It's okay, you know. It went somewhere. Yeah, I think like it's it's good to like let the, you know, when you grew up, when I grew up, we were still able to live our creativity flow. We were not like just sitting in front of a screen for like an iPad or an iPhone all day. So I think it's good to like, I miss those times. Honestly, I miss like being like, just trying to make movies with like pieces of paper. Those were like the easy time. Now yeah. like trying to make movies with people in Hollywood is a way different <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. It's, it's a slight, it's a, it's a little bit diff more difficult, right? What do you think they're, they're the, 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 you know, as a, you know, as a filmmaker, well, let me step back real quick. I was always curious, like, from, you know, like, how does, how is the indie filmmaker scene ver in France versus the U.S.? Is there, is there a difference in when you're trying to get things done there? Uh, I... I would, I would I mean, first of all, indie filmmaker just basically is a filmmaker who doesn't really have money backed up by the studios. Let's right. put it that way. Uh, in France, 
no one has money to make a movie. So basically everyone is kind of a, an indie filmmaker, you know, it's like, it's different because they have like, they have, yeah, everyone starts from bottom. There is no, there is no very things that are made like here, uh, Paramount or Netflix or Amazon or whatever. It's just like, you're trying to like make it from the ground and, wow. uh, and then you, you get, you get stuff going on. Yeah. Wow. Very different. But at the same time, there's more help from the local cities, region, like like little like yeah, little cities will give you some money to make film if they you show the space around, if you hire people from there. So there's like more if you like go around, you can find help easily. Right. More I would say more easily than here. But still it will be I mean it's tough anywhere, I would say to make a movie. Mm. So when did you um when did you make the transition to um to the US around what time 2011 like 10 years ago and was that for for just the for the sake of being closer to Hollywood or at first no you know it was like I, I like like I mentioned, I was in the south of France, which is a great place to grow up, great place to go back in vacation, great place probably one day to retire. Yep. But there's not a lot going on. You know, it's like it's the middle of the vineyard and the lavender field. So it's beautiful, but there's nothing to do. <laughs> so I was like a kid. I was 20. I was trying to make movies, walking in bars. And I was like, where should I go? And I had the opportunity like to go to a walk in a French restaurant in New York. I mean, at the beginning, it was Chicago for a few months and then in New York. And I was like, if I'm in the US, even if I'm walking so far in a field that I don't really want to be in on the long run, that will bring me closer to what I, what I want to do. And so it's, I made the transition, was in Chicago for like a few months, transferred to New York. I walked in this restaurant for years and on the side, which is great with America and you can't do in France, like you can have two jobs here. In France, no, it's just one. So I was walking in this, in this uh, restaurant at the same time I was working as a PA. I was like trying, learning like how to be, how to deal with lighting, writing script and stuff like that. So it's how I made the transition. Mm. So this trend, so this segues really well into something I watched today, um, an American life. Um, uh, Really, really, it was really good. And it was weird because, like, as I'm watching it, I, I didn't. You did such a great job of kind of telling the story. I was kind of in, kind of enthralled by what was happening on the screen, and um, but it, and at some point I was like, hmm, this sounds like this. It sounds like you you're kind of telling a little bit of your story um in, in this uh, definitely a part of it is inspired by me and the rest is inspired by my other friends in new york you know it's mm-hmm. like it's a funny thing because when i moved to the u.s they don't tell you anything about moving to the u.s you have no idea where you stepped in it's not yeah. something that in school and like for people like me moving from europe you think it's easy and it's probably easier I'm 100% grateful that, that I know it's easier than when coming some people who come from South America and other countries like that. I know it's easier because we are putting in that box of European. Mm. But at the same time, we are not giving a book and they're like telling us how that works in this country. So I, we have no idea of the little things in life. I remember like trying to open a bank account, trying to have a credit card. Oh, and yeah. like that, that banker was like, but you don't have a credit score. And I was like, how do I get a credit score? She's like, you, sh- you need to pay your credit card on time. So I'm like, but if you're not giving me a credit card, I'm going to pay my credit card on time. <laughs> and that was like, I was like, that doesn't make any sense to me, any sense. And it was all those little things like that, that were like very interesting to learn, you know? And it's like, you like, literally it was fascinating. The first, and I'm still learning things now yes. because it's different. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I um so I've I've had friends who moved from other countries here and I would guess that I've heard this same story from them at least you know at least once or twice from each of them you know they're like like the um, like the US can be such a, a like a great place to be but it can also be completely frustrating because 
it's like you're trying to let us you want you want us to do this but you won't let us do this <laughs> yeah you don't understand you know it's like it's and again like you don't have any information about the thing so it's like a lot of yeah. time you have to figure out on your own which is great when you are young when you live in new york it's the best time to try to figure out life yeah it can be yeah i mean i remember the first like first three years in new york i had lived in 12 different apartments oh yeah I couldn't get a lease. Yeah. I didn't have a credit score. And like, it was just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go from sublet to sublet to sublet. And like, sometimes it's tough, but it was fun. Yeah. You know, it was years. That's the, that's kind of the, um, the romantic, the romanticized New York where people yeah. are like, yeah, you can do anything. Yeah, you can, but anything can be done to you too at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So, um, it's like you can, um, but I guess it's, yeah, it's good to figure it out. That was, it was, I mean, I love the film though. It was really well done. And, um, did, so like what, you know, did you, um, like how big of a, like crew were you working with? Were you, did you do all, a lot of this, like the behind the scenes, like camera work and all that good stuff. How, how big of a, of a crew were you working with doing this? Uh, we had a decent sized crew. We have like, I, I, I walked, it was the first time I worked with Michael Ennegan, which is, he's a director of photography. We did now three films together. We're going to do a fourth one in the summer. So it was like behind the camera. Uh, I will say we are maybe all together with like the extra, except maybe 35 people, 40 people. Oh, yeah, probably something like that. I, uh, if, yeah, I think so. But it was great. Like we had a great team and it was like, uh, everyone was really excited about the project and it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it was fun to do in, uh, in New York for sure. For sure. Like about that experience. Who's the actress? Because she looks really familiar. I don't know why. I've, I might have seen her in something else before. Kristen Suarez. Yeah, she has, she's based in New York. I think she's based in Brooklyn. Like, mm. And uh, she has been in, uh, in a bunch of uh, short commercial and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, she looks really... I was like, I've seen her, I've seen her in something else. I'm 100% sure. She's yeah. really good. So if you ever hear from her, you can let uh, her know that. Not that it matters. For I would me. Tell her. <laughs> um, as an independent filmmaker, you know, so a lot of times, um, you know, I try to get people on here and ask them questions that will help other filmmakers um, yeah. who may watch this. And so, I guess my question for you is, you know, um, of you know, of the work that you've done, and you've done a fair amount of work, um, of the work that you've done, both as producer and director. What do you find some of the greatest challenges you've had getting things done? And what kind of advice would you offer like someone who is coming new into the filmmaking space as a either a director or a producer? Uh, I will say that it, we are in an industry that is very competitive, but at a certain point, there's a lot of people who mentions they want to do something right but there's not a lot of people who actually act on it mm. and i think the hardest part is to make the step forward to actually okay i'm doing it i don't know where i'm gonna get the money from i don't know what i'm gonna figure it out but i'm doing it mm. and honestly as been how i did most of those films at first it was just like i had no idea how, i knew i could make a movie but i was just like like okay i'm just jumping and we see, and I will say that I met a lot of people who either quit or are still struggling because they just talk about it. Right. And you need to act on what you talk about, I will say, because there's no secret. Like the truth is like, also something interesting is, and that's for filmmakers, but that's for everybody in the world. It's like, we see that vision of Hollywood as this grass that we can touch and those people we see online, et cetera, on the screen. But it's actually not that far to reach to actually be in it as long as you are learning the craft and putting the effort to like putting your the your action where your words are. Right. Was, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
and um, what um, is there? Is there is there any kind of what I would say advice that you hear people give to filmmakers that you think might be wrong? Like you know, like or what is some kind of advice that you heard from someone that maybe wasn't right for you, but might be right for someone else? Um, as something that is wrong would be to wait until you are fully funded to do anything. Yeah. There's right. people are trying to, yeah, to raise money. You know, I mean, some people go through uh, Kickstarter or things like that, but some people also try to get, like, they come up with a budget even for a short film and they want the money. And if you wait to be fully funded to make a movie, I don't think that will be, that will be possible. Mm. The second thing that is for me, the most important when making a movie, if you want to have to a great movie at the end, yep, is make sure that your script is good, because that's the mo you can you can like make a good script bad, but it's very complicated to turn like a good the bad script into a great movie. That's like mm -hmm. almost impossible because you want to make sure that you have the stakes and the conflict and your character developed. Otherwise, you can't basically do anything with it. Do you write most of your stuff or do you, or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like, did you have to go to, did you go to, you know, writer's school or any kind of, or did you just say pencil, pen, I'm going, let's, let's just do this. Let's just do this. The truth is like, I write stories. Like I write, you watch a couple of my stuff. It's yep. I'm trying to do movies that are, is that based on true stories? or based on human experience so it's kind of stuff that are like relate to me i'm not i'm not qualified i would say yet maybe one day but like to write sci-fi or to write things that are outside of that scope i'm trying to keep with what i know but um the thing is like you know i don't i just write and i read a lot of books i kind of like educate myself in the past few years and i continue to do so like there's yeah, there's like the Robert McKee book, Story, which is a great book, super hard to understand, but like very, very uh, interesting for writers. And I mean, the truth is I write in English, so then I have someone who come up and correct my my mm. writing. Because you see, I speak English, I write the same way that I speak it. So sometimes I need some help with uh, grammar and uh, typos and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, otherwise that's pretty much, yeah. What do you, what, what do you, uh, so what do you do with... Um... Like it, you know, if your your work is short films and short films of up until recently, um, like there, I had this conversation with a, a gentleman from Italy uh, last week, and we were talking about short films, about how you know there are very few places for them to be um, once they leave the festival experience, right? Yeah. Um, what happens? So, do you have you found a secret to distribution for for short projects? No, the truth is like I made short films at the beginning of my career to be seen, and because that was easy, you know, and that that I think short film should be made for two reasons. Like, first of all, to develop your career because you can make a short film with literally no money, and if you have again a good script, you can make something like that would be seen at the yeah. festival as you mentioned right and uh, that for me opened me like the doors to make commercials that and then making commercial opens doors to have like like directing feature film and stuff like that but the truth is like short films have a short life expectancy mm. yeah 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 so you're about to um direct a feature length film is that correct yeah um, there is, yeah, in, in the, this summer, yeah. That must be exciting. So this is not your first feature, is it? No, no. no. Um, where, where, where are you? Do you are you shooting that here in the states or Italy? Ooh, yeah. So I'm going actually. I mentioned to you earlier. I'm going to New York Monday 
like we are recording that today on Wednesday. I'm going to walk New York Monday. And from there, I'm going to France and Italy and going to do like location scouting in Italy in the southeast in Puglia. And, uh, and the production company is there. We are like, it's basically a dual production company with based in, uh, the other one is based in LA. And we have, um, we are hoping to shoot the first three weeks of August. It will depend on COVID again, because um, yeah. someone like me with an EU passport, I can go there. But uh, we have some of the crews that will be like based here in uh, in uh, in America. Some of the actors will be based here, and uh, we need to make sure that they can travel without too many restrictions. But uh, otherwise, it's pretty much, pretty much set in stone that it's going to be happening there, either August or September. Yeah. Mm. And can you tell us a little bit about what the story like? Uh what the story is going to be about or it's um it's about a writer that um struggled with her ego she's a, like uh, she's a writer struggling with her ego and she goes to this uh, countryside house and her ego takes form as like a metaphor in a man and a woman mm. and so she is in this house with two other people that uh, are like kind of driving her insane and at the same time comfort her when she needs comfort and that's yeah and she's trying to figure out her life wow yeah. that's cool yeah. and you're also i mean you're also you're also just finished a, a short film too right uh, all we have left yeah 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 so that's something we did during covid uh that was very fun to do and out at the same time because we shot shoot in the middle of september in los angeles wow and uh, and eighty percent of the film is indoor, so that was an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> it was an adventure. But yeah, we were like very excited about it. Um, that uh, so I mentioned earlier, Michael and Egan, the DP, did a, an amazing job with the lighting of that 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 film and uh, and the way he shot it. And Drew Hemingway was the lead, and she was just amazing. That's the first time we worked together, and actually she will be in the film in in uh, Italy also with me and she was just amazing. She she did a, a tremendous job, very cool to work with her on set, very chill, which was much needed granted the circumstances. Mm. And uh, yeah, very much looking forward to that. Do you, do you like, um, do you find that you like working with the same people over and over if you can, if that, you know? I think, yeah, if you can, you know, like, a movie set is like a little family. So if you know that you have the good people at the right position, you don't really want to change. Right. Obviously, you can't uh, all the time, but I would say the key key people, if you can continue to work with them, that's great. Mm. Yeah. What's um, you said COVID affected that that production? Um, do you do you anticipate the COVID? Well, I mean, it's kind of, uh, hopefully it'll be better because, I mean, you know, things have gotten a little bit better, but um, I know a lot of filmmakers that I've talked to are still trying to figure it out, like how they're going, especially the the feature film people and the people who are shooting or who are producing for uh television um since you're doing like these episodics and you're having to shoot multiple uh episodes in a you know in a week or two um so they're all kind of trying to figure out um how they can best work around it especially from a casting specific standpoint because some people still either don't want to travel or can't travel or you know yeah, yeah, and I mean it's tough. It's, there's no doubt about it. You know, it's tough, and I think that for also the independent filmmaker, when you're not covered by a studio, which is even more complicated, would be yeah. the the cost of such a shoot because you need to get insurance now, and yeah. those bond like, and it's that something that producer can talk way better than me about. But I yeah. like I have a conversation about it. Those insurance, those bonds, whatever they call that, cost so much money that at some point. If it takes 25% of your budget, you can't shoot. Right. You simply can't shoot. For us, when we did that short film, just the, the little thing, which were 
individual catering because you couldn't share like the crafty, the crafts, the services and stuff like that. Um, separating everybody on set. So having like trailer and different areas, just that was like basically twice what we, what we would have paid earlier if it was without COVID. It was just insane because like, you know, you can make a short film again for like nothing if you have everyone on board, if one is motivated and stuff. Right. But once you start to add those costs, so it's also why we are shooting in in Italy this summer because we know that we can save money. I mean, the producers they made that decision, which was I think great decision. But uh, we know we can save some some cash by being there, and uh, and I mean everyone is happy to save cash, I guess. Mm, yeah. yeah. How 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 do you how do you find your producers? Like how or do they find you? Like how how does that usually work for you on your on your productions? Um, again, like to go back to your question earlier, um, I've been working now with some producer uh, different times, which uh, is great because you know they know how I work, I know how they work, and that's that makes it easy. Uh, mm. Otherwise, that would be true meetings. Yeah, sometimes they they reach out, like, uh, but I would say now, I mean, for me, it's more like, you know, it's a small circle at the end right. when you're in. So you kind of like figure out, you talk to people, you have like, and then you figure out that you want to work together and you, you do it. But like everyone is really eager to work right now, I feel, which is, yep. which is, no. yeah, I think so too. I think, uh, the more people want to get back to normal as if they can and yeah, yeah, yeah. And if they can work, I think that makes them feel a little bit more normal, you know, um, when you're, when you're not working, um, what do you, what are you doing? Like what's, how do you relax? How, you know, how, how do you, you know, what are some things that you just enjoy doing to kind of, you know, kill some of that downtime that you might, might have between all the projects you're doing? Um, oh, that's a funny question. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I have my routine daily, you know, I do my, I, I love to read. I love to play chess. I love oh. to go on hikes. I meditate and you just, but the truth is like, I write every day. So I don't think there's like really downtime <laughs> and, uh, and traveling also. Like the truth is like, as soon as I can either go back to France to see the family or, mm. or be somewhere like in New York or whatever, I love to do that. But I would say that honestly, after the years that we all had last year, I'm not really planning on too much downtime anytime soon. <laughs> mm. What so if you, if you weren't doing film, what do you think you'd be doing? Like, what's something else that you might, somebody might find you doing some other c career if you weren't being a filmmaker? Um, I would have <laughs> loved, no, I mean, I, I would have loved to have um, kind of um, restaurant, restaurant, a wine bar or something. I like, I love, I'm French. I love French food, French wine. That is something that I love hosting at my house, having my friends over, cooking and you know i'm like very about like having the table set up everyone there you put the phone on the side and you just spend three hours like talking about everything and nothing at the same time so mm. i would have seen myself having uh, a restaurant or mm. completely different i i was thinking because i went my grandfather was from cameroon in africa so i went there with him and uh when i went there i was like i would have loved to open uh and it's still a project in the back of my head for later but i kind of like soccer school you know to like get Ooh. those kids because i'm like big soccer fan and i was like thinking about how how is it possible to like give to those guys those little guys that were like playing between two cans basically and like trying to figure out their life so that's uh this other passion that i have kind of in my head <laughs> yeah so that would be cool i mean uh one of my uh, other podcasts, I, uh, my co-host, he actually used to run like a soccer academy, which was, uh, okay. yeah. So uh, and we talked, we actually talked um, about um, doing, um, this was before Kobe passed away. We had talked about doing a, um, a documentary that mm -hmm. basically talked about how soccer, um, like, intersects with other sports and all these other sports athletes you know their passion for soccer you know because yeah. kobe was a huge soccer fan so mm -hmm. um yeah. that was so cool. do you watch your own stuff 
Like, do you like, cause I know some, I've got stuff, I've got tapes, I've got hard drives of things that I've done. I don't think I've, I might have seen maybe two things. The rest, I just, unless it's on the editing, like for editing purposes, I, I don't look at it. <laughs> I like, I mean, uh, no. I hear you. It's like, I, I mean, I, when it's the editing, you watch the thing 100 times or 200 yeah. times. Yeah. Then when we do the premiere, you can find me probably by the door or at the bar. And then that's it. <laughs> Absolutely. That's I'm it. out in the hallway. Like, how, yeah. how, how, what's going on in there? Go on in. No, no, no. I can't go in there. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's it's, it's just, you know, I mean, I, I like to just let it, I mean, I just, I, you know, I think we're all very critical of our own work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you are, I think if you, if you truly care about what you're doing, you, you, you have to always walk that line between doing too much and doing too, you know, and doing just enough, just enough. And so that way you can just let it go and let it, people finally see it. Otherwise, you know, I tell um, filmmakers don't overwork your stuff too much just because trust yourself yeah at some point you need to stop and you need to move on the next project yeah exactly because this 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 you know it's good don't worry about it it's good you worked hard on it it's good and because you can see what should have been different you can see the mistake you can see that but the audience doesn't see that they just see the version that you are giving them and from that point on like yeah just move on to the next project make another another movie that's it yeah you know that's that's what that's what um critics are for that let them do their jobs you 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 know whatever um i um uh so you're from i'm looking at this and it says you have a script that you are are you have you finished this script uh ubuntu yep yeah yeah I don't want. I won't ask you too much about it because I. I oh, you can. Yeah. You know, it's um, it's done. It's a very personal story, and that meant that story means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. It's um, so I mentioned my grandfather was from Cameroon, and uh, so he moved to France after the Second World War. Met my grandmother was from uh, Provence. And then my mom. And so I grew up with them, never met my dad. I grew up with them. And my grandfather was very like a father figure for me. And um, and in 2007, he took me to Cameroon to his like uh, land to meet the family, to see where, where he grew up, you know, like in that country that he left basically 50 years before. And um, and that was uh, once in a lifetime experience, honestly. And uh, since I was the only man after after him, um, I had to go through an all like process of rite of passage, like they do in Africa. So that was very uh, intense. But at the same time, that is what made me who I am today, and what made me grow every day because I keep thinking about it and. My grandfather passed away now two years and a half ago, and that is something that I I always wanted to do, to do, mm. and uh, and I'm I wrote it for him, and uh, but, I mean that's a fiction, so it's inspired by what happened to me, but it's not just that; it's more about like the story of a guy who goes to Africa with his grandfather, and a bunch of stuff happens to him, and uh, I'm very excited about it. It's, I think it's a story that is has not been heard, and uh, and that's that's that would be interesting there's like people like it's going around so we see how that goes but yeah i'm very excited about it mm, i like that you do a lot of um the, a lot of your work is is kind of like uh personal you know there's something in it that's that you, know, you put something of yourself in your pieces of and because i think when you do that it it just makes it so much you i feel like you automatically without even knowing you do it probably make it so much more um it just more it feels realer to a to the viewer you know what mm. i mean 
because because you identify with it so you understand what the character motivations happen to should happen to be and that is i think is always very important when you're writing um yeah to, to be able to have well-developed characters i agree yeah it's very important like and uh for me, it's just also, it's it's something that I know from that story can resonate to everybody. You know, it's like a, loving a parent, loving a grandparent and, and going on an adventure with that person. So it can resonate to everybody. But it's true that I use my own experience to write something because it's easier. Also, I think it's probably because it's easier than just sitting with a piece of paper and writing something completely out of the blue. Mm. I have so much respect for people who have that level of imagination and and just creativity that bring something new to the world. That is much respect for that. Yeah, much respect. It's um I so I'm a writer as well, and um it is very hard to do that. i I'm like you in a lot of ways. I, I prefer to kind of write things mm. that kind of come from personal experience but see i write comedy so a lot yeah. of the stuff that's happened to me is just like these really just ridiculous stories that of things <laughs> that happen and so it's kind of like a you know i'm not really sure this is great that this story happened to me but it makes for a good story for everyone else you know yeah. well that's what comedy is about right you, you yeah. should be able to laugh about yeah i mean that yeah. thing that that's good that you can process and talk about it. Yeah, because I, I mean, I, I would also I'm I'm actually I wrote a few years ago like a science fiction um, screenplay. Be honest, I don't feel like it's as strong as it should be because I like I think something like you said, if you're not familiar with it, this there's a lot more um, that you don't know. And then you have to know it and then you have to research it. So it's a lot more heavy lifting for something like that versus, you know, lifting something out of your own life and kind of, you know, tweaking it to, you know, to a point where you, you it's not all you, maybe it's not a hundred percent you, maybe it's like 34% of you and, but it's enough that you can still tell the story because right. you're familiar with the character. Totally, yeah, yeah. It gives like, give you a head start, and then you have to obviously research because you have other character, and like for us as like men, you have to write about women, and then there is always pieces to research. But it's um, it's also fun. That's the f I like writing. I really don't like rewriting, but I think <laughs> writing is fun. Yeah, you're writing. No one wants. No one likes to rewrite, and that's uh, terrible. It's like terrible. Yeah. <laughs> what do you so like? If you could only choose one thing to do, would you choose to be the writer or the director, or the director. producer? Oh, okay. director. Yeah. Producer, I'm not interested in more by producing. Mm. Honestly, that's like no. But um, yeah, I mean, that's I think for me, it's like it's very close still to like write and direct. But I would love to like like communicate with like there is amazing writer out there that are like much better much much better than like me and i would love to like walk and like like collaborate with those amazing writer and um being able to bring story to life and that's what you know i think the power of a film is just that it's so collaborative that we need everyone on board to make something beautiful so mm -hmm. yeah I, would, I, would, I prefer directing it's not even prefer but like it's just i love directing so if i had to choose one that would be that would be that Wow, that's the first time someone actually explained it in a understand like a cl like clear way for me to go. Oh yeah, that actually does make sense, right? Yeah, because there's because like if you really like storytelling and you can find a writer who's better than you, then obviously it makes more sense for you to be behind the camera and to help make that story happen. You know what I mean? You need to obviously relate to the story. You need to understand, and the story needs to speak to you. But like, yeah, I mean, of course. Right, right, right. Are there any types of story? Like, are there any like um, any any stories that were you know, or films that have come out recently where you're like, oh, I wish I could have done that. You know, not because you could have done it better, but just because it was such a good story that you would love to have been able to put your spin on what it was 
Well, I think that one of the best movies of like the last year, year and a half, and probably for like the best movie of the 10 last years was mm. Parasite from Bong Joon-ho. Oh, yeah. That's something that I watched and I was like, well, yeah, one day if I can do half of the quarter of what you did here, that would be yeah. awesome. That was a great, great, great movies, uh, great movie. And uh, last last year, more like recent, I think it's more like on, um, on um, yeah, like more directing way, but I really like the direction and the way that Riz Ahmed played in The Sound of Metal. Mm. Oh, uh, yeah. I think it was it was very it was just flawless this entire performance and the, the movie by itself like run run very beautifully mm. i really like that yeah yeah yes to both of those those i mean i watched sound of metal uh, probably a couple of weeks ago for the first time and I was just like wow this is amazing you know this year was actually there were like some a lot of really good films that came out and i'm i'm i i kind of always wonder i'm like like you know uh i'm looking forward to seeing the films that were shooting during covid because i think that covid like I think as a director, you're you're always faced with some challenge. There's always some challenge that you need. And I think that's, you know, your skill in trying to make the film happen. And in, 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 regardless of what challenges you come through is, you mm. know, your talent. And so I'm curious to see like what stories and what productions look like because of what happened in COVID and how people were able to overcome. I have a friend of mine who is a director and uh, they sent, I, they sent me their short film that um, for my festival. And so I watched it and I was like, wow, this is really good. And he, he goes, yeah, this was shot 80% over zoom. I'm like, what? Wow. He's like, yeah, he's like, I was, He's like, so my actress, my main actress was in South Korea. My main actor was in India. He's like, I'm in California. We shot everything remote. I, he's like, I was not, no one was in the same place ever. And I'm like, how in the hell did you do this? This is That's amazing. Awesome. That sounds, yeah. I don't know how I feel about that because like you see the energy that you can get on the set. Yes. It's everything about making a movie. I don't know how I would feel about that, but I mean, <laughs> if they can put it together, like, I mean, they made that movie, uh, Netflix movie, like, uh, what was the name? Malcolm and Mary with yeah. Zendaya and uh, John David Washington. Yep. They did everything in COVID, which was like great setup. Just take your house, two actors. Yep. And I guess they had like 10, like the 20 people, 25 people. That's, that's a good move. But like, I just hope that we're not going to have now for the next three years mm. movies. People wearing a mask, talking <laughs> about COVID. <laughs> I just can't. I like yeah. we need to move. Once we're done with that that thing, we need to be like, okay, let's not talk about COVID until the next COVID. But like, we need to move on. Yeah, yeah. Because the last thing I want to see is like, uh, I don't know, uh, a new Avengers movie where everybody's got masks on. And I'm like, what? Hey, what? Come on, it's no, done. Yeah. Let it go. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And you know, I just I'm just curious. I'm I'm just gonna be very curious to see what comes out of all of this. Cause I feel like like every now and then because of something, we get like some innovative storytelling, you know, something like um you know, like a filmmaker will have to overcome something and they'll come up with a totally new thing. And you're like, wow, I've never thought about doing that. Or I've never used the camera in that way. Or I've never, you know, so I'm just curious to see if, we'll, if that'll happen, um, you know, in the next year or two when, as all these films kind of, because, you know, obviously they'll shoot now, they've been shooting and they probably won't be out for, two years or so whatever it is oh yeah everything is backed up right now we were supposed to shoot a feature last year in october 
Mm. And with everything going on, now it's not going to be happening until next year, October. So you see, it's like backed up, like because yeah, I guess it's a yeah. That's I don't know what the yeah. And the festival situation. I know you're you're about to go into the festivals with your your film. Yeah. You know, have any? Are you worried about like what that looks like or? Um, I mean, I'm hoping it's going to be in person, but we'll see, I guess. Yeah, uh, we had um, the audience, another film that I did that went through different festivals at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Everything was removed online and I didn't like it at all. And with all we have left, the film is finished now, it's completed since March. But I'm I'm waiting on festival. I'm, I don't want to go remote. I want the festival experience, which might be archaic of me. I don't know, but it's just that I, I don't want. Yeah, I mean, I want the festival experience. It's so much fun. Yeah, so much fun. Yeah, there's nothing like, like going and seeing. Like I remember seeing um, Mr. Robot for the first time at the oh, cool. at South by Southwest, I believe it was. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, it's it totally changes how. You know, like the lights come up and people, yeah, you know, you're like, what, well, you know, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you're the filmmaker and you're sitting there oh, for sure. watching that, you know, that's, that's kind of like a once in a lifetime thing, you know, to, to be able to have that experience, especially at the bigger festivals and that, you know, so. Um, I know that Can Can is going, uh, is going to be in person, but they are change, they changed the date because usually it's ninth in the middle of May. Yeah, yeah. They changed the date to, I'm going there on the 6th of July and it's 6th to 17th, I think. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, it's the, that. the only thing I believe is the, the big theater, can host 2,000 people, and I think they're going to be half. It's going to be a thousand. Oh, uh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, because they did they did one in... So last year, May, Cannes Film Festival was canceled, but they showed the movie in... I think the first... Uh, the last... No. Last week of September, because I was there. And that mm-hmm. was, at the time, we had to sit and had two empty seats on both our right and our left. So I was like, I went and took my mom there. She was so excited. And like, she was sitting like, she was like, <laughs> she was so far because it was 25%. Yeah, literally was like, hey. And um, and even the process to go up the stairs and stuff, usually it's fun, you know, you go to Cannes, you go right. walk red carpet. I took my mom, she wanted her to be excited, wear the dress and stuff. Right. And it ends up like, you had to go through this smoke machine that were like, pouring smoke on us to like basically, I don't know, purify us for COVID or whatever, like do that. Then you have to go take your temperature check and then you could, it was just a mess. So I just hope that this year wow. they're going to figure it out a, a different way. Yeah. I, I, I think we, I think they're slowly starting to do that. Like, and may, maybe we're not going to be at like full capacity, but I feel like, oh. you know, they'll be half, you know, something like that. So, Do you have the the theater open in New York now? Um, that's a good question. Uh, I know Broadway started opening up, um, yeah. and I walked past a movie theater a couple days ago, and somebody was coming out. So I'm assuming they're open. Yeah. So I think they're slowly but surely opening. I don't know about the indie indie uh, theaters. A lot of them, well, a couple of them in Brooklyn are open. But a lot of the other ones either aren't open or they're not opening. So, yeah. So that was for parents to go back to the theater. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to wait and see what happens, and um, I'm hoping that uh, you know things will return to normal. So we'll, we'll see. You know, I, and I, you know, Comic Con, which is obviously our big thing here in New York. Um, so far, they haven't mentioned anything about coming back yet, but we'll see. Oh. We'll see. Yeah. Well, this was awesome. I um, I want to find out when you're when all of the stuff you're doing is rain, especially um, uh, a more prepared. Oh my God, my lips are not working. <laughs> A more proper 
I'm more pop, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Um, when that comes out, I definitely would love to know when that's available to be seen. And I'll keep you posted for sure. And um, for anybody who wants to connect with you, um, they can find you on on Instagram, I believe. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instagram probably the easiest way. And uh, yeah. That was super fun. Thank you so much. I love the show, and it's uh, it's great that you're doing that for all the filmmakers out there to hear stories and stuff. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. Most stuff right Thank you for doing that. It's such yeah. a, I love I love speaking to you guys. I love talking. I mean, I've had the last couple of days such really good conversations, and it's just um, it's so cool. I, I and what's fun is that. Um, Last night after I did one of my other podcasts, um, people were sending me notes like, oh, thank you for doing this. I love the information to get. So I expect the same thing to happen today. Um, I love getting feedback. And as I get it back, I will forward it along to people so you can know that people really, truly appreciate your stopping in and sharing your knowledge and your experiences with them. Awesome. That's great. Thank you so much, John. Thanks, everyone. This was another episode of the Drop the Mic podcast. I am Darren Jenkins. I will see you next episode.